Like Retribution, I'm here to destroy the show from within by becoming its champion. And as the kids on the internet would say, he's got the cake. I wish you wouldn't have said that, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) This is the saddest episode of the show ever. (laughs) Neither of you know what is going on. Erica, we need you. If you're listening. Um, After that finger point of doom of a round, we have Nate with six points and Sean and Justin with one. I guess thank God for Hubert. Thanks for adding pressure. Um, I took away the pressure, you asshole. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. We are back with another episode of the One Fall Show. Welcome. My name is Chuck Bean. I am your host for a show that is one part game show and one part wrestling discussion of news from the week that was. And uh, this week... Eh, not a big week for news, but we'll find a way to talk about some of the things that happened. Uh, joining me, as always, let me go around the room here, is uh, my timekeeper, my scorekeeper, and the person who actually makes it happen, Miss Erica Bennis. Yeah, it's going to be a real boring show this week. Not a whole lot in the wrestling world. I don't know how we're going to pull this off, but uh, we're sure as shit going to try. Yeah, well, you know, we, we make do. Sometimes, as the idiom goes, we make chicken salad out of chicken shit. That is correct, sir. Uh, we're also joined by three contestants who will be answering the questions, starting off with uh, our own one half of the Sunshine Buddies, Mr. Shawnee Constant. Hey, everybody. How are we doing today? We did an episode of Super Universe yesterday. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> you say that like they're not almost all a lot of fun. I'm not saying they're all a lot of fun, but almost all of them have something in there. I think that I unlocked my joy in the experience yesterday. Like I finally clicked. Excellent. And I had the fun that you guys have been having all along. Big part of that is the shit-eating grin of Dave Mastiff, for sure. Absolutely. We're also joined by the other half of the Sunshine Buddies, Mr. Justin Valentine. Yeah, I'm excited to see what we're going to talk about this week if we're not talking about wrestling. I mean, you know, we're just a podcast. (laughs) You know, we talk about things. Sometimes we don't know what they are. Merry Christmas, buddy. (laughs) Merry Christmas, buddy. It's Christmas. It is not Christmas. Also, we are joined by our uh, 12-time champ, according to my notes, and the holder of the big ray of sunshine, one fall show title belt, and that is Mr. Nate Bender. Thank you. Thank you. Hold your applause. I am happy to be here. I don't know what happened in wrestling this week. I wasn't watching. All right. Well, then it's going to be a very interesting show to talk about. (laughs) Uh, The One Fall Show consists of three rounds. Each round has three questions in it worth one point, two points, and three points, respectively. Correct correct answers, net a player full points. If you're unsure of an answer, obviously, an entertaining incorrect answer can get you a point based on the judge's discretion. You got to the count of five, as Biggie would say, to answer a question. And uh, the winner of the previous week's show, We'll start round one. Last week, we didn't do the game show, so I'm going two weeks back. And the winner, as I said earlier, is Mr. Nate Bender. So, Nate, you get to choose what category we start with. Let's just dive into the deep end and rip that Band-Aid off. Let's just go with the Wednesday Night War. All right. You got it. Uh, Starting with our first question. It's a pretty boring episode of AEW Dynamite this week. Oh, wait. No. It was actually the talk of the wrestling world for a number of reasons. But namely, one of those reasons was this man running off with Kenny Omega following the AEW championship uh, title match. Who am I talking about? That would be Impact's Don Callis. Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. For one point. You're right, Nate. This is the big news of the week and let's get into it. How do we feel about an AEW impact partnership? I mean, obviously a really big deal. A couple of weeks ago when Tony Khan had tweeted out like the balance of wrestling is going to start to shift. A lot of us kind of laughed at it because we were like, really? Pac coming back and maybe Shaq doing something is going to be the thing to shift the balance. What Tony Khan was doing was he was sowing the seeds for, I think, this episode right here, because, you know, between debuts that you had on Dynamite and uh, now this seeming partnership with Impact Wrestling, has anything in the modern era of wrestling come as close to the excitement that has been generated by this moment. I I honestly haven't seen it. If anything can come close, it may be the actual formation of AEW. Other than that, I haven't seen this kind of excitement inside of wrestling in a very, very long time. And I'll be honest, the thing that could really just put the icing on the cake here would be the New Japan element coming in because they have a pre-existing relationship, business relationship with Impact, and there's so much talent crossover with AEW. I'm hoping that that's the next big shift. If that happens, the WWE has a lot to worry about. I personally think it should be inevitable that New Japan gets involved. I mean, it makes sense because of the reasons Nate just said, the pre-existing relationship, the crossovers that we've seen in the past already. Um, This was huge. This is Mm. absolutely huge. I think uh, it's the one thing, because we've seen orgs in the past since WWE's been the top guy, come and go, even with big names, and and just not – really consistently compete for a long time with wwe this is the way to do it and this is absolute gold and this is gonna get me and i'm kind of mad because we were saying last week why we don't watch impact wrestling and what the reasons are now this has me watching impact wrestling and exciting excited to watch impact wrestling for the first time in like 10 years this is again a plot twist no one really saw coming even when he was on commentary You know what I mean? I didn't expect that to be the end. Maybe some form of it, but in the end, to tell us to go watch Impact on Tuesday, when's the last time one company was okay with another company saying, go watch us on this night? We've seen rivalries. We've seen shots taken, but this is like a legitimate partnership. This is different than what we've seen in the past. It isn't like a rivalry, even though that's a partnership behind the scenes. This is a partnership on screen and that's huge i just want to mention uh justin because you brought it up right there that the only reason that don Callis being on commentary didn't get anyone's flag up was because he was there for full gear commentating on another one of kenny's matches so i, I just i think that the breadcrumbs that they laid out the storytelling has just been fucking brilliant here by all reports impact has finished their taping for the rest of the year So it's going to be very interesting to see, are they shoehorning this storyline into pre-recorded stuff? Uh, Was it planned out already in advance? So there's going to be some synergy. They primed the pump in such a way that the ending of that AEW episode had me excited about what I had seen going into the next day, which has not been a thing in a long, long time. 
The trick now is, is it going to feel like a dud or is it going to feel like a seed that is growing? It's going to be very challenging to maintain this level of excitement. It's, it was such a huge pop. Is it now something that they're able to build on or do we now get lulled back into a sense of wrestling as usual? I continue to say that I believe the reason we have not seen and uh, New Japan involved in AEW, I think, is is entirely pandemic related. We have one country that has maintained excellent protocols and one country that has looked like a bunch of spoiled children spreading a disease throughout its uh, population. But in terms of, yeah, the excitement of Wednesday night was huge. I will be tuning in to Impact on Tuesday. I'm not sure that at the end of Impact, though, I'm going to be excited. Uh, I'm concerned that at the end of Impact, I'm going to say they got me to watch a show I didn't watch for five minutes of entertainment, and that's going to feel like Raw with The Fiend, or that's going to feel like SmackDown with the Roman story right now. I think it would really behoove Impact to up their game for whatever they end up putting out there. And I, I understand that most of their stuff has already been taped, but I think, you know, if you're going to have this many new eyeballs on your company and eyeballs that are definitely wrestling fans, then you need to have something, you know, spectacular that meets them, not just the five minutes that they're waiting for. I think you're absolutely right about that, Shawnee. Well, and it, it worries me because of how different impact is from everyone else. That's what we talked about in the past. Right. And a lot of wrestling fans, that's why they don't like impact. And including us, we talked about that. So now you're going to get a bunch of AEW fans or just wrestling fans in period that are going to see this completely different product that again, has already been pre-taped that it's a challenge right there because it could be a big turnoff or it could be a big turnaround. It's one or the other on Tuesday. People have learned their lessons. This is going to be good. This is going to be great. One of those things that we're going to be talking about for years to come. We really hope you're right. And I'm, I'm excited. This is like one of the few things that I've been excited for in wrestling for in a long time. Well, that's the show folks. Thanks for tuning in for the one fall show. No, no, there's plenty more, plenty more to talk about here. Uh, Nate, you got the first question, right? So we will continue into the Wednesday night war with our second question. Also about AEW dynamite. They had a packed episode, even outside of the main event match, as well as a standby match on deck, just in case the show ran short following Moxley and Omega. The match got teased a little at the end of the show when Eddie Kingston suddenly appeared on commentary and called out who? Pac? No, that's, no. Uh, that is that is that is not correct. So we will move on to uh, Mr. Justin Valentine. Who did Eddie Kingston call out as the show was going off the air this week on AEW Dynamite? Yeah, I remember feeling like that was a little awkward. Man, uh throw it out there uh cody no no unfortunately not shawnee your opportunity to pick up two points here uh, the excitement of it all i i lost track of this um i'll guess uh his former best friend pentagon Ooh. no all great guesses let me get one more guess in there lance archer that for no points yes that would have been yeah. the correct answer Mr. Uh, Mr. Lance Archer, it was a little weird to uh, see that the show went off the air with that going on, but it makes sense once it's explained to you. And we haven't even gotten into the big reveal at AEW Dynamite. What are your guys' thoughts about the stinger? Kudos on the pop. 
kudos on the shock, right? A hundred percent. If for me personally, I wanted to see Sting at least for a confrontation with the Undertaker at Survivor Series. That's one of the things I was hoping for. That would have been, you know, not maybe maybe not a match, but at least a moment. And to see that AEW pulled him off just a couple weeks later, uh, the shock is great. The storyline, I hope they don't pull a WWE. He's 61. Um, there's not a lot of stars in AEW, superstars in AEW, that I can picture wanting to see him in the ring with, right? WWE is someone, a company that keeps a lot of veterans, uh, you know, old-timers that are probably on the last leg that when you have a sting come in, oh, let's throw him in the ring with Undertaker, you know, Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, whatever, right? I feel like anyone you put in the ring with Sting, it might be a detriment, maybe Chris Jericho, but I'm not really excited about that either. I'd rather see – the one thing I've seen on social media that wouldn't hate is if he takes a creepy – his creepy vibe in a managerial role, maybe with a Darby Allen. Um, I'd be down for that. I'd like that. Um, if he could keep his mysterious vibe, he could still do his moments, his appearing places and whatever the heck – and maybe even a couple shots in the ring just for the, the you know this extra spark factor. I just don't want to see him too much in the ring, I guess, unless he's going to be a gold dust and all of a sudden be in great shape, but I don't see that. He's 61 and hurt. That's the other thing is that he, he needs that neck fusion surgery, and I don't think that he's gotten it yet. What is a possibility is that this you know partnership with AEW might be able to afford him the opportunity to get that surgery and then see what the physicality level is like after that. But at the end of the day, he's still 61. I was very excited by this. I love Sting. Uh, outside of Hulk Hogan, he's like my you know little kid wrestling hero. It was just it was an incredible emotional moment. I I am with Justin that I don't really want to see him wrestle. And I don't know the capacity that they're going to be using him in. And anything physical at this point makes me incredibly nervous. That look between him and Darby Allen felt like the rock meeting Hulk Hogan back at WrestleMania 18 and them stopping and letting the crowd uh, feel that moment. And even, even for somebody like me, I was like, this is huge. Could you imagine the actual pop? If if fans had, you know, more than covid level, sure. you know, had been there, it just it. And I think combined with the way that the show went off the air, as soon as Don Callis got the word impact out, people would have been losing their fucking minds like yeah. in that in that building. They would have been throwing shit and just absolutely losing their fucking mind. It would have been great. I will I will say, too, to add to that. I've always given them flack in the past. Shout out to the commentary team finally selling a moment on that show. Shivani is so good. That's what else I was going to point out. Having Tony Shivani yell it's Sting sells that moment entirely. Yes. yes. And at the end, it's bullshit. It was like, Tony, my God, what is going on? Tony, you relax, <laughs> damn it. No, I mean, in the past, there's been not obviously not as big of moments, but you know, some plot twist or whatever it may be that they just mumbled through and totally took away from it. And they sold both moments phenomenally, phenomenally. However you say that word. Uh, for sure. Uh, you, you did say phenomenally 
phenomenally well. So good job. Uh, <laughs> anywho, uh, look, as far as Sting getting in the ring, uh, once again, yeah, to reiterate, he's 61. He has a busted up neck. They're not going to do anything that's going to cause additional permanent damage to Sting. Uh, look at all the bad press that they took after the Matt Hardy you know, banging his head on the concrete floor. Imagine what would happen if they paralyzed Sting. They're not going to do anything crazy that's going to hurt the icon. That I mean, if, if that were to happen, I feel like promotion's over. You can't get rid of that, a stink like that. I like the idea of having him as just kind of this weird, shadowy mentor, if you will. I mean, similar to how Jake Roberts is with Lance Archer. Um Having him show up periodically for the pop, I think, is great. I think having him back on TNT, where he spent the majority of his, I guess, if you want to say broadcast career, um, uh, I think it, it, it's a fitting end for his career. I don't, who knows how long he will be in the company. I mean, there's so, there's so much unknown right now, but it's all very exciting. Um, in closing, two other points. Whoever did his makeup, I, I think Sting might do his makeup, but they, um, like, once again, he's 61. He's got some wrinkles and stuff, but they applied that makeup flawlessly. He, I'm like, oh my God, look at Sting. He looks fucking good. Uh, <laughs> I was very impressed. And then two, the yeah, the stare down with Darby. I had two reactions to that. One, I, I, I think I yelled at the screen, Dad. Uh, and, <laughs> um, and also, okay, just a little, uh, I guess, inside baseball to what it's like to watch wrestling with me, um, with my husband, and he could attest to it standing off in the distance. Um, when there's an intense stare down between two dudes, occasionally I like to yell at the television, kiss, 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 I kiss, 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 kiss. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what a, what a goddamn moment. And it's going to be very interesting to see what they're going to do with Sting and Darby, because there is something there. So to jump in on a, on a final point, because it sounds like I might be the resident WCW fan. Cause I watched yeah. a lot of it with my grandpa when yeah, I was for growing sure. up. Um, Sting had a role in that company where he was sort of like the defender of justice. And he would emerge out of the crowd during, you know, some heel spot and, you know, bring the heels their comeuppance. That could be a very good role for him here in AEW. There was a long time where we didn't really see Sting in the ring a whole lot. He was doing, you know, run-ins and crowd stuff and, you know, zip lining and all of this other shit. There's so many other things that you can do with a character like Sting that don't need him to be in the ring. That's what I'm excited for. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be very interesting times on Wednesday nights. Well, speaking of Wednesday nights, we've got one more question in our Wednesday night war category. And because nobody got the correct answer until there weren't points on the line where what Nate did, we'll throw it back to you, Nate, for our three point final question. This time going over to NXT this week, the go home show for tonight's war games pay-per-view was uh, the NXT Wednesday night episode. Which team in the women's war games match won the advantage opportunity? Uh, that would be the face team, Rhea Ripley's team. I'll let Erica decide. Uh, I don't. I think there are official team names, so it's up to uh, up to our points here. 
if uh, we want to uh, take that because technically that's the correct answer. But it's not the team name. Okay, I'm if, not, if, uh, dude, I am not paying attention to NXT okay. <laughs> enough to know team names. That's fair. No, that's absolutely fair. Let's uh, let's give the other guys an opportunity to uh, score some points on this one, Justin. What's uh, what's the team name of the women's war games team that won the advantage opportunity for tonight? Isn't it? Is it just just Team Shotzi? Oh, you're no? you're you're very close, but that is not the team name, uh, Shawnee. No, I I have no idea. No, it's it's Team Blackheart. So, oh my god! <laughs> well, clearly I should get the points because I got the question right. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I, I'll let Erica decide that while we discuss uh, war games tonight. Where where do we all stand on that? I'm for one, I'm super pumped. I think the lead up for this has been fantastic. I'm really worried about tonight, uh, not just because you've got Pat, Pat McAfee competing in a war games match and you have my reservations about him competing at such a high level. I think that war games is one of the pay-per-views kind of like hell in the cell that feeds off of the, the audience and the audience participation and the cheering and the pops. I think tonight's show is going to be lackluster. I think it's going to be boring. I think, you know, especially compared to last year, I, I just, my expectations are very, very, very low for this. For any NXT pay-per-view, it's tough to say lackluster. It doesn't mean that every single one is great, but we've said in the past that they step up at pay-per-views big time in NXT. Even if it's just entertaining matches or moments or spots, it doesn't mean it's going to be great. I do also have my reservations about Pat McAfee at this high level, but at the same time, I had the same reservations about him facing Adam Cole, and that was great. So I would like to think in NXT, there's something about this, whether they're going to wiggle his way out of it somehow, or they know something he can do that we don't as to why they're okay with him being involved in this and something that he can pull off because that is a high level. And I would like to think, I would hope to think at the, you know, at least with NXT that they wouldn't put him in this dangerous of a match at times and high level of a match. If he can't pull off whatever it is that, uh, you know, they're planning for him. And I really hope it isn't just him sitting back and watching the other three pull all the stunts and do the match. Because in that case, why not just get him a fourth superstar and have him be the manager? That's what I'm thinking. That's I think that they're going to try to hide his his uh you know st- uh, his weaknesses behind the other three guys and make them take the majority of the bumps. And that's what would hurt because in that level of a match, you get four guys that can put on that level of a match. Don't waste it on that crap. Yeah, I'm not going to fall into the trap of of doubting Pat McAfee after his performance last time. Now that's uh, the actual trap there. I guess is is over expecting and under and, and being disappointed by, you know, underperformance. But the, the, even through this last year where NXT has been uh, on such rocky territory uh, as compared to the few previous years, their pay-per-views continue to be great. So I think we're going to see some excellent professional wrestling. Unfortunately, I've lost track of most of the storylines there. It has not been com- competing with AEW in terms of the excitement that it elicits for me. I-, I appreciate that they went bold with the Thunderdome, but I'm completely over it. Like it's 
I just don't like the atmosphere. Uh, I'm I'm so sour on WWE right now. I I, I don't <laughs> want to continue to hammer on it, but I think we'll see a great show tonight. But I I don't know if that means anything for me coming out of the show. I don't expect that I'll be looking forward to watching NXT on a weekly basis. Um, I you know assume that I'll be looking forward to the next takeover as I have been for quite a while now. All right, at the end of three rounds, uh, Erica, who's uh, who's got what points? Because that one ended a little bit uh, a little bit weird. Uh, due to the weirdness involved, um, I'm awarding no points. Uh, just for fairness, that way, yeah, no one has anything. Uh, but at All the right. end of, of that round, um, this is this is a weird one. We've got Nate with one point, and uh, that's it. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> kind of a first. It's a weird one. I like it. All right. Well, uh, going into our second round, let's uh, let's throw things to Shawnee. Let's, uh, Shawnee, you get to pick the next round. Do you want to talk about the news around the ring, or do you want to talk about Raw and SmackDown? Oh, let's talk about Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> get it out of the way. <laughs> Honestly, I almost recommended. I'm like, guys, let's just talk about Raw and SmackDown. Just get it out of the way because the just conversation around that is going to be bad. <laughs> so we could just. Let's just right, answer so. the questions and move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Starting off with Monday Night Raw, Retribution continues to rack up losses. And which member of Retribution got pinned on Raw this week after losing their mask in record time? Yeah, I don't know the names of anyone in Retribution, Chuck. Uh, so I'm going to say um, uh, the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks, they are, uh, unfortunately, they're on Dynamite. They're not in Retribution and they don't wear masks. So you're completely off base. Uh, they're doing a much better job of uh, of tearing at the edges of WWE, though, than Retribution has. That's absolutely fair. Let's throw it to uh, Justin. Justin, your opportunity to get on the board. Which member Retribution lost this week after losing their mask? Uh, Reckoning. That is correct. <laughs> Mia Yim or Reckoning, as we now know her. Uh, this would be the first match on Raw, right? And this is uh, how we welcome her in? Arby, we just made the joke about it's going to be a lot of complaining in this segment, and it is, including this. Mia Yim is way better than Retribution. We've said that in the past. Way better than that storyline. Way better than that match. Way better than that result. Everything. Everything, everything about it. Retribution has quickly just faded back, and they're just continuing to slowly fade back. What, they're in a storyline with Ricochet now that's really not being talked about? It's a not even a mid-card storyline, I feel like. They get about five minutes of airtime and that's about it. So yeah, it's bad. And she is way better than that. Did everybody else have the same reaction I had? And that is to laugh out loud when Mustafa Ali told her there's no losing in retribution. Yeah. Uh, all you've done is fucking lose. <laughs> what matches have you won, bitch? What are you talking about? Yes. Yes. There's no failure in retribution. Oh, really? My hope is, that this is starting to break down where they can just break up this group because he's going to get sick of them losing. And then they can individually be put in a different storyline and be who they actually are. Sure. No more Bane masks. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. As we said, uh, not, not a lot of positive things to say about the WWE product this week, but let's move on with our Thunderground Underdome uh, category. Uh, for two points, SmackDown came to a close this week when Roman Reigns beat the hell out of 
two people with a steel chair. Who was it? Uh, Kevin Owens and Jay Uso. Yes, that is correct. Uh, what do you guys think about this week's SmackDown? Any highlights or any lowlights? Uh, highlight would be the Roman story. Again, I like it. I will say one positive, I guess. To have Drew McIntyre and AJ Styles as well as Roman Reigns and uh, Kevin Owens on the same card at TLC, that's nice. I like those matches. I will say that. Yeah, the highlights are the Roman Reigns story. A low light for me is the fact that Seth Rollins is casually not on SmackDown the last couple weeks. WWE is struggling. You need your stars. So if he got a vacation right now, why give him a vacation right now? Yes, I know Becky's pregnant. But at the same time, he had his weird moment at Survivor Series. I think she's due. Like, I think she's having the kid, which is why he's he's on vacation. Yeah, the dirt sheets had said before Survivor Series he was getting December off because that's when she's due. Yeah, which but it's weird to have him do what he did at Survivor Series because that's leading into a story. Why did he do that? Right. Yeah. Would there be an explanation? Very odd. So you should have just let him casually take the elimination at Survivor Series if that's the case, because that makes his absence weird for me. Bad writing, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's all bad. It's not none of it is none of it is particularly good. Um, The the Roman stuff is okay but it's predictable right like that's i think that's my biggest problem with it is it's sort of like you know like okay yeah he's being a badass but like i i I was under the impression that this was gonna you know lead to a faction formation and it's just taking for fucking ever yeah i don't particularly like what they're doing with with jay uso where he he seems like a really big dumbass at this point where you know, he starts to get it and then doesn't get it and then keeps making the same decisions over and over again. How many weeks of this are we going to have to endure? How many times is he going to make the same mistake and then get beat up by Roman for it? You know, like we see where this is going. Obviously, it's going to be a stable with Jimmy, Jay and Roman. I'm getting tired of waiting for the the end result. Like, fine is i don't know have them do anything else have them be a united front against kevin owens i just think the whole thing is boring at this point um raw is just a fucking mess of a nightmare i don't even know what i watched on monday to be honest with you it's so in the drudgery of repetition and stagnation i just i can't invest in anything at all the one thing i want to see is drew mcintyre and sheamus and they they seem to be stalling on that too yeah it's so weird how they take so long to get anywhere in wwe i I did like this final match i liked that i was glad to see that otis essentially got eliminated from the picture because uh, i feel that he is you know the weak link of that group uh i thought the ending was pretty powerful but I, i agree that like Watching Jay Uso get gaslit week after week is has the potential to become uncomfortable versus enticing or 
or, or titillating, right? Like it's like, okay, so we already know you're a heel. Um, you're, you can only, you can't turn the piped in booze up past 11, which they're already set at. And like watching this man get beat like a dog for trying desperately to do what he thinks is right to, for this, this, this weird, uh, this overlord, I think has the, the potential to take this excitement we have for seeing Roman Reigns as a heel and like poisoning him as like this, this gross character that no one's going to want to see regardless of whether or not he performs well in the ring. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to our third and final question. Um, Justin, I believe you're still in control this round. If I remember correctly, so for our uh, third question, we're staying on SmackDown where King Corbin added two members to his court this week in Wesley Blake and Stephen Cutler. What was the name of the group they were in when 2020 began? Uh, the Forgotten Sons. Yes, that's correct. Uh, no, um, what is it? Jackson Riker. As uh, and according to the um, the dirt sheets, we probably won't see Jackson Riker. How do you guys feel about uh, Corbin getting a couple of uh, a couple of lackeys? shoulder shrug like it would this is late corbin was a bigger part of the storyline a while back it would have made sense if you're going to give him a crew like that to do it then he hasn't really been doing much as of late he hasn't really been in any big storylines title pictures anything he's been floating around the big card he's been the six man in a six man tag team match um and so on and so forth so it just feels like, all right, we're late to this party. And now that he, it seems like his heel run has already passed its peak. It's a little late for this. It should have been like right after he became King Corbin. Um, if you were going to do something like this. Uh, you know, back when it was Dolph Ziggler and uh, Drew McIntyre that were orbiting uh, Baron Corbin, like two shitty moons. Wrestle Talk dubbed that Baron Corbin's mid card vortex. And it seems like this is a revival. Could <laughs> be if that's their actual tag team name. Wrestle Talk will live forever in infamy. I think the big problem, Corbin, is that he presents himself as a king, but he's clearly the court jester. That at least has been his role essentially the entire time he's been here. You'll rule the day. He said that dancers are still banned from using the term code breaker when someone uses the double knee face breaker due to Chris Jericho being over on AEW. What is the term he said that has uh, been suggested that the announcers use for that move? I, I have no idea. I, I, don't, I don't have a funny answer for that. I, I don't. No, no idea. Okay. Then we'll uh, we'll move over to Nate. Nate, your opportunity to steal a point here and the round. What is uh, What are the WWE announcers suggested to call the code breaker uh, made famous by Chris Jericho now? I don't know. The big double knee. Huh? Erica? It's close, but it's not what the term is. Okay. All right. And then. that's we'll not a screw in. job. You just got it wrong, Chief. Sorry. No. <laughs> that, it... Justin, what do you got? I'm going to add to it. So, uh, double knee to the face. No. 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 Not at all. It's literally just called the double knees. 
which Nate was like just a sliver away from for that. That's one. bullshit. This is bullshit. This episode's bullshit. <laughs> um, do, do you guys have uh, anything to add to this, or should we move on to the next question? Let's just move next. on because. No, I got this right. Fuck you all. Fuck you all. I got this right. This is the second time I've had a fucking question stolen from me today. Okay. This will not stand. I won't let this stand. I will not let this episode continue until this injustice has been righted. Hey, Giuliani, (laughs) pipe down. Okay. Hey, 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 wrong comparison. I'm Taz in this this scenario. You (laughs) give me my fucking points or I'm not leaving this ring. (laughs) <laughs> Man, okay for starters the steel, the steel chair is in the ring we're gonna cut off his mic we're gonna, we're gonna cut off his Boo! mic right. the final fall hits when we when we get to the final fall and chances are nate's going to win that because nate's a friggin' nut job when it comes to like just remembering just random trivia and right. when you do win i don't think you should get a 60 seconds at the end of the show i'm just putting that out there right now all right. Well, we'll take that under advisement. Screw I'm sure job. the booking committee. No, this is a screw job. Total listening. screw job. You're you're Don Callis. Oh no. <laughs> oh, I'm like I'm Don Callis. Yeah, I'm the you you, you handed you handed the last round to Justin. You gave him the mic. He spiked me in the forehead. I'm poor John Moxley in this situation. <laughs> Just give me my goddamn <laughs> rightful points. I just like the fact that I'm the brilliant mastermind and clearly the puppet master behind this show doing as well as it is. So thank you. I'm, Ke- I'm Kenny Omega. I'm happy. I'm Kenny Omega. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be proud of that. I wouldn't be proud of that. <laughs> Let's get on to our second question here in uh, the category. Shawnee, you've got the opportunity here. Which three AEW wrestlers are booked on the card for Triple A's Triple Mania 28 taking place December 12th? Oh, uh, Kenny Omega and the Lucha Brothers? That is correct. Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix all going to be there. Uh, Kenny Omega is the current AAA Mega Champion and will defend against the Laredo Kid. The Lucha Bros are current Tag Team Champions over there and will face in a uh, triple threat against Octagon Jr. And I don't know how to pronounce this, Erica. (laughs) Mizzletiz Jr.? (laughs) And Texacano Jr. and Ray Escorpion. So many juniors over in AAA. Apparently, I it should pay more attention. And shapes. Just just shapes. Like, this is like the Particle Man uh, fucking gimmick yeah, going on over here. Yeah, Triangle Man's over there and everybody. Yeah, it, well, and, and uh, during Triple Mania, that's when we're going to see the Marvel match. So that should be oh, interesting no. to say the least. When is that oh. going down? Uh, that uh, uh, That's December 12th. I don't know how you can watch that. I'm sure someone's going to have a a torrent or whatever the fuck it is. So, but track it down. I'm sure it'll be interesting to say the least. Yeah. If you need your lucha fix. All right, Shawnee getting the two points on that one. So let's lead to the last question. Our three point question, our news notes around the ring after 35 years, WWE's former vice president of TV technology, Kevin Quinn, let was let go in September. He did an AMA, which stands for ask me anything for those of you who aren't internet savvy over on Reddit this week. And I've got four different things that he may have said. One of these, absolutely not true. It's up to you to figure out which one of these is not true. Are you ready, Shawnee? Sure. Uh, The first one is that the rock made a plaque for the TV production facility, thanking them for helping make him who he is. The second is that the biggest challenge was not going from standard to high definition, but going from mono to stereo audio. 
The third one is that Big Van Vader once had to serve double duty and operate a camera for backstage interviews. And the fourth being Lord Alfred Hayes introduced him to his wife and then tried to talk him out of getting married once he was engaged. I can't imagine. Big Van Vader has basically had one eye. Why would you want him operating a camera? I guess you only need one eye to operate the camera. But uh, I, I, I'm <laughs> Chuck, Big Van Vader. This question was tailor-made for you. I'm glad you got it. Yes. Big Van Vader is the one that did not happen out of the three. <laughs> three points for you, Shawnee. Congratulations. Um, anybody have anything to say about this? It was kind of fascinating. He had a lot of like really positive things to say about his time in the WWE. It wasn't a lot of sour grapes. The camera work now, awful. <laughs> Without Big Van Vader. Erica, what'd you have? I had only heard about it when I logged in to start writing questions and you had already written this one uh, on our little shared document. But uh, considering all the things he kind of shared there, I do want to go back and kind of read what he had to say. I mean, fascinating stuff. Like all those backstage guys like must have just the most insane stories. Like obviously the wrestlers and stuff have crazy ass stories, but like crew and stuff. Holy hell. And I think with, with the backstage people, they have nothing to lose, right? Like it's not stories about themselves. There's always going to be stories about the wrestlers. So it's not them. They don't care. You know, they probably didn't have as close of a relationship, at least on a respect or professional level as the wrestlers their superstar by telling X story. They don't care. They'll let it all out. I like that. Yeah, that was the interesting thing about it is that he had mostly positive things to say about Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, a lot of the superstars. He said the superstars absolutely appreciate the production crew and how much work they put into making them. Uh, he also said he talked a little bit about the Benoit episode and how crazy that was to produce, but said that the craziest thing they ever had to edit was when jerry lawler was accused of statutory rape and they had to pull two overnights to pull jerry lawler out of all the programming that week so uh yeah definitely absolutely check it out like i said once again the guy's name i believe was kevin quinn so if you do just a google search wwe kevin quinn it should pop up erica at the end of three rounds where are the points before we head into the final fall as we head into the final fall, we got Justin with six, Shawnee with five, Nate with one. But as with, most, job. as with most final fall questions, it's still very much anyone's game. Yes, absolutely. As we head into the final fall, it's back to our three strikes rule where uh, we'll go around the room and uh, ask you guys to name people. And uh, you've got three strikes to get it wrong. And tonight, it's all about NXT War Games. This seems like the perfect opportunity to look back on the brief history of this match's revival on NXT. Since its revival in 2017, there have been four different War Games matches on NXT, featuring a combined 25 competitors for two points each. We'll start with Nate. We'll go to, uh, if I'm remembering the points correctly, we'll go to Shawnee and then Justin uh, back and forth. And uh, you guys need to name a competitor that's appeared in the previous War Games matches. Y'all ready for this? <laughs> Nate, you're up first. Name somebody that was has been in one of the previous War Games. Well, Adam Cole back in 2018. Yeah, no, he's right at the top of the list. So uh, we'll move on to uh, Shawnee. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa was in last year's War Games. That is correct. Uh, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is also a correct answer. You guys are on fire for the first uh, go around here. Back to you, Nate. Chris Hero, a.k.a. Cassius Ono. Ooh, let me see here. I don't see him on this list. I don't think Chris Hero has actually been in a War Games match. 
which is a fascinating oversight. Uh, well, so that's the first wrong one for uh, Nate. We'll go on to uh, you, Justin or Shawnee. Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano's got to be somewhere in here, right? Right. I don't see him on the list, and I can't imagine he was not in a War Games match. That's fascinating. Okay. So we'll uh, we'll move on to you, Justin. Uh, Roderick Strong. Roddy Strong, yes. Roddy Strong has been in uh, in the War Games match. That's two points for you. Back to Nate. Um, Occam. Yes, that is correct. One half of the Authors of Pain. Going to Shawnee? Uh, Rizar. Yep, the other half of the Authors of Pain. That's a, that a gimme right there. Uh, back to you, Justin. Um, uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly. Correct. Yeah, one of the uh, Undisputed Era. Uh, Nate? Has Bobby Fish been named? He is not. Bobby Fish. Now he has. Bobby Fish uh, cl- cleaning up the Undisputed Era in this uh, particular category. Back to you, Shawnee. Mm, Sammy Zane. Mm, no, Sammy Zane, unfortunately. So that's uh, two strikes on the board for you, uh, Justin. There was a women's one last year, correct? There was. Uh, Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Yes, that is a correct answer. Uh, back to you, Nate. Uh, Eric. Eric or or Roe or whatever the fuck his name was when he was in NXT. Yes, yes, Eric Rowe was uh, in an in a war games match. Correct, Shawnee. Uh, Hanson. Hanson is correct as well. I'm surprised both of you guys got that because uh, I don't know who either of those guys are by those names. Uh, Justin. Ooh, um, I feel like it's probably wrong. Keith Lee. Keith Lee is correct. He has been in a war games match. I believe he was in last year's. Uh, back to you, Nate. Uh, T bar, AKA Dominic Dijakovic. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you should get a bonus point for, uh, for calling him T bar. Goddamn right. I should <laughs> get so it. many bonus points. That comment. All right. <laughs> back to you, Shawnee. This is Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle. He is not on this list. And I believe well, that son is- of a bitch. That's your third strike. Sorry about that. Uh, Justin. His name is Riddle. It's just Riddle. Um, um, I thought I had one and I, I lost it. Um, Mia Yim. Don't make me pull out the five count rule. Mia Yim. Mia Yim. No. No, she was nearly in last week or last year's. Uh, but she was replaced, if I'm remembering correctly. So that's two strikes for uh, Justin here. Uh, Nate. My girl, Dakota Kai. Hell yeah. She was in last year. She made a big splash last year. In the yeah, she turned fourth. heel. Yep. Uh, Justin. Uh, Tegan Knox. Correct. She There's two points on the board on for Tegan you. Tegan Knox, yes. Thanks for that answer. Back to you, Nate. Kaylee Ray. Kaylee Ray. Wow, really? That's amazing. Yeah, Kaylee Ray's on this. She was on the list. Correct. Uh, Justin. Um, oh, I'm struggling. Yeah. The list is getting real short. Oh, I, I ain't got um, I don't have one. Uh, got Io Shirai. That's correct. Io Shirai is on this list. All right, uh, Nate. Gosh, you guys are just back and forth. Ricochet. 
That's a correct answer. That's one we haven't gotten yet. All right, we're down to four dudes and three ladies. Four dudes Just- and three ladies. Um, um, hold on. People listening to this podcast right now are yelling names at you. I can hear them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, God. I don't have a name. I don't have a name right yeah, now. You're, oh, God. You're, you're well past your five count. Spit something Damn out. It, I, don't have a, I don't have a name. I can't, I can't even think of anybody right now. Armor Burns. Damien Priest. <laughs> no. Damien no, Priest. No, Damien Priest is not on this list. I didn't I'm sorry so. to let you know. All right. Uh, Erica, you've been keeping track of the points. Does Nate need to continue answering or has he swept to this category yet? Nate needs two more to win. And he has one strength. The EST of NXT, Bianca Belair. There you go. Um, how, many, how many women were left? <laughs> There's two ladies and four guys left. Shayna Baszler. That's correct. There you go. That'll uh, that'll net you a victory tonight. Uh, the After remaining... that attempted screw job, goddamn right. <laughs> the remaining names that we didn't get to were Candice LeRae, Pete Dunne, Killian Dane, Alexander Wolf, and Eric Young. Uh, I thought I said been... Pete Dunne. No, I don't think we. No, I, I he didn't. Oh, okay. No. Yep. Also, remember Eric Young, you guys. Aww. Yeah. Well, you know you're going to see him again if you watch he, Impact this Tuesday. He might know. he might be sh- stunningly relevant coming up in uh, 2021. It's entirely possible. All right, uh, Nate, uh, I'll give you 30 seconds on the board, seeing as uh, Erica has has requested. I I just got to feed in my ear from the booking committee. You have 30 seconds on the board to celebrate your victory or tell us anything that we missed this week. Uh, You can give me 30 seconds, but I'm going to take all the time that I need to to celebrate this narrow victory. And listen, the other guys did well this week, but comes down to the master of wrestling trivia, especially of like the last 10 years. I, I'm, I'm really good within that time frame. The, see, what you need to do, if you want the, the monolith of, of Nate Bender to fall on the one fall show, then you have to start asking questions out of like the ruthless aggression era, because I've got no context for that whatsoever. And I get no help from things like OSW or wrestle talk because none of them give a shit about that either. So there, I've just given you the Achilles heel to make sure that I'm never champion on the show ever again. All right. Welcome. I'm sure I'm sure the booking committee will take that into advisement. Justin, uh, you hung in there at the end, but uh, coming up a little bit short, 60 seconds on the clock. Anything we missed this week? Anything you want to talk about? Well, first of all, that final fall, I would have been better at if I didn't start watching NXT consistently just when we started doing this podcast. NXT used to be something I just followed from afar. Um, The one thing I want to thank AEW for not bringing in Goldberg this week for winter is coming in one of their moments. And the reason why I say that is because um, I knew our group chat was spoiling AEW Wednesday night because I kept getting the notifications and I refused to open it up. Um, I was on Twitter for sports reasons and I saw Goldberg trending. I didn't click anything. I closed it immediately and I was pissed off. I'm like, they did not do that. 
And I was that added to my excitement of Sting and added to my happiness of AEW. It was already great anyway, but to not have Goldberg on the show was absolutely amazing because I was waiting for him to spear Moxley or something stupid. Thank you, AEW. All right. Thank you, Justin. Uh, Shawnee, uh, what do you got for your 60 seconds here? Anything we missed this week? No, I think we covered everything. It's it's a very exciting time for everybody who appreciates what is not the mainstream in WWE. Um, you know, how, how mainstream is AEW? We're going to find out. Uh, hopefully, they continue to get better. They've improved, as far as I'm concerned, from day one until now, uh, before Pac came back and before... Sting showed up, and before this really cracked open with the with this whole union, I was really thinking, boy, I, I just love that Wednesday night AEW fix, and uh, I, I they blew through a ceiling that I, I couldn't have even imagined being possible. That's that's pretty damn exciting, and let's hope that uh, the good times keep on coming with what AEW is bringing to the table. Erica, anything you wanted to uh, let our listeners in on before we wrap up this week? Uh, yes, two things. Uh, if anyone has a problem with the booking committee, you can take a number to kiss my fat ass. Uh, and second of all, um, I man, the two guys who just signed with WWE from the Rascals must be kicking themselves right now because Ooh. they, yeah, they could some really interesting opportunities with this AEW crossover. And now they've signed with WWE who doesn't care about tag teams. I hope they're getting paid some decent money. Uh, but when all this went down, like once the dust settled, I went, Oh, those poor guys. Cause they're fucked. Yeah. I, um, uh, there was a couple of things I wanted to mention. The first being that, uh, the seeds for this, uh, crossover between impact and AEW, one of them that I think all of us missed was the fact that Hornswoggle showed up in both shows within a week of each other. Uh, and the oh, other yeah. thing is that I, uh, I, my, while we are all very aware that Pat Patterson passed away this week, I think the most touching tribute to me was in John Moxley's promo before he went out there to kick ass and said that uh, nights like this, you just go out there and make them go banana. And then he winked at the camera and uh, it crushed my heart. It was uh, it really hammered home how important Pat Patterson was, not just to WWE, but to a lot of people that worked there. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the One Fall Show. Thank you for liking and subscribing. Make sure you're checking us out on YouTube for Super Universe Mode and uh, checking out Shawnee's uh, Sticker Club, which I'll let him plug in his Patreon. In fact, let's go around the room, starting with you, Shawnee. Where can people find you online? Find me running the One Fall Show Twitter page. I'm always looking for someone to strike up conversation. As of now, I just randomly insert myself into other people's conversations and uh, like to uh, I'd like to d develop some relationships there. You can also find me at the uh, the Shawnee Constance uh, Bootleg Sticker Club over on Patreon, where at the uh, end of each season, I will every three months send out a few stickers to anyone who wants to give me some money. All right, Nate, where can people find you? You can find me at Nate Benderama on Twitter and streaming live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. Absolutely. Justin? On social media at JV underscore sports underscore talk and jvsportstalk.com. And Erica? People find me on Twitter and Instagram at Erica underscore Bannis. And make sure to check out this week's uh, One Fall Show Super Universe. Uh, I did forget to 
upload last week's, but I'm not going to forget to upload this week. So uh, make sure you check it out on the One Fall Show YouTube channel. Absolutely. And I've been your host, Chuck Bean. You can find me on the Talk Horror to Me podcast with uh, Shawnee, also on the Nerd Radio podcast, and Mondays through Fridays from 7 to midnight over on 101.1 FM WRIF. Uh, have, have yourself a fantastic week. Enjoy some wrestling. There's plenty of it to check out now. There's something for everybody. It's, uh, it's like ice cream flavors. And we'll be back with another One Fall Show next week. Oh, did I say One Fall Show? I meant another screw job, another Nate Bender screw job next week. Boo! Boo! Every time a wrestling legend dies and I see the outpouring of love, I, I turn into the uh, that monkey puppet from the memes where I'm like looking to the side and then looking forward as though nothing happened. Like everyone's like, <laughs> Pat, every time I hear someone say something was touching about Pat Patterson, I just have to clench my jaw so tight. Yeah, that's when uh, when it happened Wednesday. I think I said on Nerd Radio, like that's a dark side of the ring just waiting to happen. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He gets into his, like, 70s. He's going to come out as gay, and we're all going to be like, yeah, we kind of saw the writing on the wall. Oh, yeah. A little bit. No, I, I don't. You creep. I don't think his Republicanness will ever allow that to happen. Yeah. No, he's going to broke back mountain cowboy hat. <laughs> like, you know. But uh, I have a few titles if y'all would like to hear them. Bring them. Yeah. All right. Uh, an icon or a 61 year old man in a crow mask? It depends. Uh, <laughs> Tony Chavani, relax. Uh, AEW is basically doing Retribution's job. Uh, let's see. Bad. What match? What matches have you won, bitch? Which that just tickled <laughs> me about Ali. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad rating check. Bad uh, rating. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> This one's just simple. Jay Uso is a really big dumbass. <laughs> uh, he really is. I, they're just portraying him like a fucking moron. Yeah. He I think it's, and he's doing the, the same thing. Yeah, that's exactly it. He's not learning. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I've noticed that they'll drag that out, like something like that plot point out for weeks upon weeks. And it's just like, oh, my God, this is brutal. Oh, yeah. Everything is two to three times like the story beats are always two to three times further away than I ever think they should be. Yeah. I just wish they would let him mess up in different ways every week. He's messing up in the same way every single week. He's either losing a match or cutting off Roman Reigns. That's a really, really good point. Uh, the final two I had are kind of similar, but uh, just different flavors. Uh, none of us are happy with Connecticut, and Jacksonville is greater than Stanford. I, I, I feel like I was not part of that conversation. I don't know what that's in reference to, but it's funny. I sort of no. I like the abstractness of none of us are happy with Connecticut. Yeah, I because i mean those last two we didn't say them verbatim uh but that was the general vibe of the episode we're just we're all just we're all just so angry we're all just (laughs) so mad wwe none of us are happy i think aew gave us the show we wanted and then so much more and it just really shined a light on how wwe has not been giving us even remotely close to the show we want that is so true I honestly think that the frustrating thing is that we all know that as long as Vince McMahon is alive and in that room, it's not going to change. Yeah. And that is so fucking frustrating. 
because yep. it could be so much better. And and yep. everybody in the world knows that if Triple H was running this thing, it would be on right now. Yes. There would be so much excitement for every minute of wrestling that was on. But now yep. there's none of that. What can they, what, what can WWE do? Have an invasion? I don't give a fuck. There's nobody in NXT that I want to see invade the big time. If yeah. anyone in, from the big time invades NXT, I don't give a fuck because they maybe not give a fuck about anyone on the shows. Yeah. It, unless they turn it into like the Fiendverse where there's just this <laughs> demonic presence over everything. Uh, I don't see how you make me care because you have... You have ruined this product, Vince McMahon. Well, even even Bray Wyatt is now pissed off at creative because they made them they made him do the whole like uh, Alexa Bliss is your weakness thing. Like, I guess that was that was fought against tooth and nail by by Bray backstage, you know, like and 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 I really get the feeling like anything that is even remotely suggested backstage that Vince's automatic response is to go the complete opposite way. You know, like if you bring a good suggestion, he'll just make it shitty just because he wants to be a fucking contrarian to his own staff. Right. And it, I don't well, know who wins there because there's, there is literally, there seems like to be like, uh, there's, there's an air of fear of suggesting good creative over there. And that's the only reason I can think of why is it constantly gets shot down with whatever the old man wants to do, or he just completely negates whatever you suggest. What I think it is, is more of you bring us good suggestion to Vince. He ruins it. And then when it's bad and gets a bad reaction, he then blames it on the person that suggested right. it. And they're just like, yeah. that's not what I suggested. Well, you changed it. And obviously he ain't going to listen to that. Right. That, that the entirety of Paul Heyman's tenure as, uh, as, as head of creative at raw taught us that. Yes. Uh, did the, did the lions win the game? They yes. did not, but they came close. Yes, they did. 30, 34. What? They won the game. Yeah, cause I what, swear to God when I won. left, they were winning with like a minute and a half left, but I, yeah, I they, 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 they won. They won. Oh, you're right. 34-30. I read the yes. score wrong. For future reference, if I ask for a sports score, I'm for sure asking uh, yeah. Justin over Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Fair assumption. <laughs> Wait, Dante's Inferno of Court Jesters. 